Welcome to the Creative Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Van Doren, and in this podcast, we explore the intersection of creativity and spirituality and discover what lights up your creative soul. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Creative Soul Podcast. I am your host, Leah, and welcome back to this podcast where we talk about creativity and spirituality and what it means to be a fully alive human. So I'm popping in this week with another special solo episode in this series of wedding planning as a spiritual and creative practice. Because if you've been listening to the podcast, you may or may not know that I am currently engaged. I got engaged last year, January 8th, 2022, to my partner of almost five years now. And we're getting married in June. And ever since getting engaged last year, I feel like I've been going through such a transformation, such a healing process that, you know, this journey of being engaged and getting married is not only coinciding with my Saturn return, shout out to all of my fellow people out there who also has their Saturn in Pisces, and we just switched over from Saturn being in Aquarius to Saturn now in Pisces. So those of us who are born in 93, 94, 95 are now going to be going through our Saturn returns together, which is a fun time. More to say on that, but yeah, so, you know, it's just been such an interesting time of my life because not only am I engaged and getting married but I'm also going through my Saturn return. It's also just that time in my life of being 28 years old and really discovering what I what it is that I want for my life. And also, as I've spoken a lot on this podcast, in the last year and a half, two years, three years, I've been doing a lot of healing, a lot of childhood healing, a lot of trauma healing, and all of that good stuff. So it's just been a very intense evolution of self it feels like I'm constantly shedding layers of who I thought I was or what I thought things were going to be like and just constantly being surrendered to the present so this journey has been a deep transformation and it's something that I've touched on in the previous series so if you want to check out part one or part two part one was really about you know telling the story of being engaged and having the vision for the wedding and and manifesting my dream wedding and having a lot of fears come up surrounding money and how was I going to pay for the wedding and support from families, from friends, how was that going to look? Then the second episode was more about, you know, we had just taken our engagement photos and I was trying on wedding dresses and looking for my dream wedding dress and a lot of things came up for me in the realm of body image and confidence and, you know, what did I think love was going to look like on me and so just a lot of questions there and now we're moving into the next phase which really feels like it's centered around relationships not only familial relationships which have been interesting to kind of deal with at the same time that I've been doing a lot of family and childhood healing kind of exploring my family relationships in a different way and seeing how that interacts with wedding planning and you know what the wedding ceremony is going to look like so all of those things 
And then also with friends and with deep friendships and female friendships and soul connections. So I want to talk about my bachelorette trip because I just went on my bachelorette trip in Tulum, Mexico. Just I guess I just got back like last week. And I've been taking some time to process and integrate because planning the trip and choosing the people who were going to go on the trip and dealing with all of the fears that came up on the trip or came up before the trip was just such another process. And I want to share about it and talk about it because I feel like within this wedding planning process, you know, all I see online or the rhetoric that I see online is that wedding planning is super stressful and there's so many things going on, but I never really hear the details of the nitty gritty of what it looks like behind the scenes of planning a wedding, planning a bachelorette party, all of the different just interpersonal things that go on. So I'm going to share to the best of my ability of what I went through, what came up on the bachelorette trip, and just the way that the bachelorette trip was visioned, and how it all flowed, and how I feel, and how I really feel like it does mark this transition from maiden to bride. I was just talking to one of my friends who is also in a serious relationship, and I I think I can really, like, especially on this bachelorette trip, I could really notice the difference between a woman who is not partnered and just the, you know, just being that young maiden of dreaming for your partner and wondering what he's going to look like or wondering what she is going to sound like or wondering all of those things and kind of being that very romantic, like romance fantasy kind of role of dreaming what it could be. And then when you have a partner, you're in relationship with another person. And so sometimes your fantasies don't work out as you thought that they would because, you know, you're relating to another person and different things come up throughout your relationship that you have to navigate. So there, there is definitely a more sense of maturity in my friends that I've watched as they've you know, partnered up and had really deep, meaningful relationships. So that's really interesting to observe. So if you're in that phase where maybe you haven't found your partner yet, but you're in that maiden phase of dreaming and exploring that, you know, savor that phase because it's such a beautiful phase. But then there really is a transition, I think, when you decide to commit to someone else and when the question of marriage comes up and, You know, I'm three, four months away from my wedding and just so, 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 so much has been coming up in this transition. So I definitely feel like I'm a butterfly cocooning in my little cocoon and slowly shedding layers and will become someone new when when that day happens. So let's get into the bachelorette trip and just the idea of a bachelorette because the bachelorette is really only one of the one of the like rituals that we have in our western society to mark this transition I think there's not a I am such like I I wish that we had more ceremony and ritual to mark different phases of our lives you know made into bride made into mother different just transition points throughout our lives turning 18 turning 16 all of those things There's so many different phases and transitions throughout our lives and we don't really have a lot of ceremony and ritual baked into our Western society. But bachelorettes happen to be one of those things that we do actually have a ritual around where women gather their friends together and they go out and typically 
what I see of bachelorettes and what I see online on social media as a bachelorette is, you know, just people going out and drinking. And I am not a big fan of drinking. I had a party phase in college, but I am long, long past my party phase. And just alcohol does not sit well with my body. I just, it doesn't feel good. I never feel good drinking. So I really don't drink a lot. You know, I'll have a drink occasionally, but I really don't drink. So I knew that on my bachelorette, I did not want it to be this like drinking thing where you just go out and party and go to the club and have fun. I really wanted it to be very ceremonial, very intentional, very ritualistic and bring all of my women that have been important to me throughout my life and really just bring them together and celebrate, celebrate love and celebrate not only the love that I have with my partner Paxton and celebrating our upcoming marriage, but also just the love that I have for the women in my life and who have been special to me throughout very different chapters of my life. So that was kind of my intention for the trip, but I want to go back to kind of the decisions around why I did what I did because I feel like I did do things a little bit more unusual or outside of what a bachelorette usually looks like and that caused some tension and that caused some, yeah, some tension with different people in my life. So, you know, typically the bachelorette are your bridesmaids. And for me, so I have five sisters and they range from the ages of 40, the oldest is 40 and the youngest is 24. So quite a big age gap. Maybe the oldest is 41 now. 41 to 24, and these are my sisters, right? These are the women that I have grown up with. They are, you know, my best friends. I I went through childhood with them, and I went through now adulthood with them, and I've been watching them and being inspired by them as we both navigate, or as we all navigate different healing processes. And I definitely wanted my five sisters to be my bridesmaids because... I just couldn't imagine it any other way. Of course, my sisters were going to be my bridesmaids. I, you know, can see the pictures in my mind of us wearing different things and just having all my sisters support me on that day feels really good. But because of the age gap and just, you know, I wanted to have a celebratory trip, go to Mexico because I wanted to go on a friend trip to Mexico. None of the people on my bachelorette trip are my bridesmaids. So I definitely knew that my I wanted my sisters to be my bridesmaids, but I definitely had this, like, I didn't want to mix my sisters with my friends because with having five sisters, with coming from a big family, with being in this space of really looking at certain things in my life and my childhood and, and just... There's a lot of interpersonal complex dynamics within my sisters, within my family, and I just didn't want my sisters to go on my bachelorette trip. And there was definitely, this definitely caused some hurt, some upset with some of my sisters that I was not inviting them to this trip because I really wanted to be clear that this bachelorette trip was for my friends and I wanted to be with my friends you know who are like sisters to me and celebrate with my sisters in another way but in doing that in making that decision which truly felt like the right decision for me like I truly couldn't imagine having you know my 40 year old sister in Mexico with me with my friends from high school and you know my spiritual friends and all of that so yeah I just wanted to keep it separate so I did not invite my my sisters to the trip, which, like I said, definitely caused some hurt, some difficult conversations with a few of them. And 
you know, as the bride, you really have to just tune in to what you want and what feels good for you and what feels most comfortable and aligns for you. And that was something that I just felt really strongly about of just, you know, no, I'll maybe we'll do a sister thing later, but I do want my sisters as my bridesmaids because they're my sisters and I I want them to be by my side on, on that day. Like I want that to be a thing, but I want to celebrate with my friends. And so people were some people were understanding some people were not and I think throughout the wedding process you know you're gonna ruffle a few feathers if you're doing things your way and not doing things traditionally so that was definitely something I learned that when you when you break outside of tradition it causes more space for people or other people in your life to be upset because you're not doing it the normal way and why aren't you doing it the normal way and what does it mean and you know, my advice and what I had to do was really just tune into what I wanted and what felt really good to me. And that was what felt good to me. So all the girls on my bachelorette, none of them are my bridesmaids, but they're all different people that were really important to me throughout my life. So I had my friends Megan and Peyton, who were my absolute best friends when I was in sixth grade and when I lived in Pennsylvania. They were my childhood best friends. We were 10, 11 years old when we met and I would be at their house every weekend. I knew their families and they just knew me at such a pivotal point in my life. And we've stayed close throughout all these years. I'm gonna be a bridesmaid in Peyton's wedding, which is coming up. I'm gonna be on her bachelorette next weekend and her wedding is in May, so just a month before mine. So that's really special to kind of go through this season with her. But yeah, so I invited Megan and Peyton, who were really close to me when I lived in Pennsylvania as a preteen. And then when I was 13, I moved across the country from Pennsylvania to California. And we lived in this small mountain town in the foothills of the Sierra Nevada Mountains. And I met a few women there, Joanna and Carson, who have been my friends ever since, since we met when we were 13. And those are the women that I just went on a trip to South Africa with. So of course they were there. And then another friend from high school, Cambria was there. And then I had invited two of my closest friends from college, Dahlia and Anita, but both of them are superstar theater, film actors, directors. And my friend Dahlia was opening Sweeney Todd on Broadway the same weekend of my bachelorette, so she couldn't come. And Anita was in some callbacks for some film projects, so she couldn't come. And then I had a couple of girls, Madison and Jessica, from living in Connecticut when I worked at the O'Neill Theater, which is what I did after college. So they were my really close friends during that phase of my life. And then I had my beautiful sister, Ashley, who we connected over the last couple years. And Ashley came on the Puerto Rico retreat with me. So she's just a very, very special, special friend. And she came all the way from Canada to Mexico to celebrate. My other friend Madison has been studying abroad in Scotland. So she came from Glasgow all the way to Mexico. So it was quite an eclectic, you know, mix of different people, of people that I had met living in Pennsylvania and California and Connecticut and just all of the different places that I have lived. But it was so cool to bring them together and to, you know, have them meet each other and have them connect. So that was just such a cool part. But I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. So that was kind of the decision on who I invited and who I wanted to be there. Just these women that have been really important to me. 
And then the next question was where to have the bachelorette. And I knew immediately that I wanted to have my bachelorette in Tulum in Mexico because I went to Tulum for the first time in December of 2020. I went with my friend Cambria, Joanna, and our other friend. And we just had such a good time. It was just such a magical place. It reawakened so much in me. Just the water there, the Caribbean Sea is so beautiful. The jungle is so beautiful. The cenotes, which are these underground like water caves that were formed by a meteorite hitting that part of Mexico and the Yucatan Peninsula like 300,000 years ago. And there's just these incredible caves filled with water. It's like um, it's a mermaid heaven out there. And I love Mexico. I've been to Mexico many times. I spent a month in Mexico during my Central and South American tour in 2021. And I just love Mexico. I love the food. I love the people. I love the energy there. It's just so magical. They have this phrase written all over Mexico City. Like you see these signs everywhere that just say Mexico is magic and it is 1000% magic. Mexico is so magic. So I knew that I wanted to go to Mexico and I had started planning the trip like maybe like I don't know, nine months ago or something because I knew exactly where I wanted it to be. I knew I wanted it to be in Tulum. And so then I started to look at Airbnbs and found this Airbnb where I was like, yep, that is 100% where I want The Bachelorette to be. And so I had already booked it like months and months ago without even knowing who could come or, you know, what that was going to look like. But, and like, I didn't know, you know, if people could come and if people could celebrate because something that came up for me during the process was, Just feeling really uncomfortable with asking people to show up for me and asking people to spend money on me. I think that was a big thing and that's something that people don't talk about a lot with bachelorettes because with these weekend trips or with these, you know, just kind of extravagant things that people do for their bachelorette, you know, people are expected to spend money on that trip and... I've heard from friends of, you know, them being bridesmaids and other people's weddings and having to spend like upwards of two grand on all of the expenses surrounding the wedding. And I just, I wanted to be really mindful of cost and really mindful of people's different situations because some people, you know, maybe that's no problem for them and some people maybe it is more of a struggle. And so I noticed that that was coming up for a lot for me of just like, asking for people to spend money and, you know, having a destination bachelorette where people would have to buy a flight to Mexico where they'd have to contribute for the Airbnb and for the food of the weekend and the activities that we were doing. So I was really trying to keep it cost and budget friendly, but that was definitely something that came up that I realized was just kind of a block within me of not really feeling worthy of people spending money on me, like just feeling so uncomfortable that people were going to have to spend money on me, which I know if it was reversed and my friend was inviting me to a trip, I would be more than happy and willing to spend whatever I needed to, to make that happen. But it just, it was such a mental block for me, honestly, in like December and January of like trying to figure out the budget of the cost and, or the the budget of the trip and And all of that, that was honestly one of the most stressful parts because once I had invited everyone and then everyone confirmed and then there was a couple girls that couldn't go because of other circumstances 
And some of that was really painful because I think when I think of, you know, when you think about this big celebratory trip, you're like, oh my gosh, this is my once in a lifetime trip of, you know, going on my bachelorette. Like hopefully that will never happen again. And I want all of the people that are special and important to me there. And, you know, different life circumstances mean that some people can't come. And that was something that I had to navigate, just that disappointment of, you know, wanting certain certain people to be there, but knowing that whatever group was going to gather, it was going to be, you know, the most aligned. And it certainly was. So yeah, I had to navigate a lot of just feelings of unworthiness come up of, you know, feeling like I wasn't really worthy of being celebrated or just being uncomfortable about like being celebrated and being the center of attention. And I think that's something that not as many people talk about because I think for some people they can love to feel celebrated and love to be the center of attention. And I definitely have my moments. I mean, I am a Leo moon in Western astrology. So I definitely have my moments where I do love to be the center of attention and I do love to be celebrated. But there was just a lot of like fears and discomforts coming up before The Bachelorette. And another thing that I will say, like kind of going on this piece around money and budget and cost and just how uncomfortable it was for me as the bride to ask people to show up in that way, I think a lot of that is mitigated when you do have a maid of honor and typically the maid of honor kind of plans and, you know, organizes the bachelorette. Usually the bride is not very involved in that process, but because I had such a specific vision for my bachelorette and I really wanted it to be something that I really wanted, I was excited about planning it. And so I definitely, I'll take that responsibility on myself was that I really wanted to plan it because I kind of had an idea already of what I wanted to do because I had already been to Tulum once before and I just wanted to bring my people there to to bask in the magic of Mexico. So I was excited about planning it, but during the planning process when it did get really stressful and I was trying to make decisions of do we go here or do we go there or what does this look like or how does transportation work for nine people on a trip in Mexico like you know how do I get get in contact with drivers and how much will it cost and negotiating different prices with different people like there was just a lot of logistical things that comes when you're planning a trip for nine people in a foreign country and I mean I kind of thrive off that stuff but because then it was so connected of like, oh no, I have to ask these people to spend this amount or how can I be upfront about this cost? So I was like, man, this is why someone else plans the bachelorette so that the bride does not have to worry about this when she's already worried about the cost of the wedding and she's already worried about planning all the stuff for the wedding. So just a lot of planning, but I had the space in my life that I really did want to do it. And like I said, because I didn't do things traditionally and I didn't have my bridesmaids on my bachelor trip, I don't have a maid of honor. So there was no maid of honor to plan the trip or to kind of be that sounding board for me. So I really had to then identify the, you know, the friendships that I had of who could I lean on to help me with this aspect or yeah, just kind of accept help in different ways because a lot of my friends did offer help and did offer their services, but I kind of felt like I wanted to just plan the trip and then I bounced ideas off a couple of them at certain times and that made it a lot easier. So 
Yeah, it was such a whirlwind like planning it. I, in January, I was like super stressed about it and just was like, I have no idea how this will go. This could be a total disaster. Like, you know, and especially when you're traveling, things can go wrong and you kind of have to be open to that. So I just didn't know how it would go. And I was also nervous about me being the common denominator of why people were gathered because I was worried about certain people not knowing each other and would their energies click or would they connect and was just worried about how like the energy of the group dynamic would be because these people had never been gathered in the same place before and suddenly they were going to be gathered because of me and I wondered you know was I going to be able to relax on the trip or would I feel like you know I have to take care of everyone and what do I feel like I have to hold the energy for the group so that everyone feels comfortable like those were a lot of thoughts that were going through my head of like, I want my people to feel comfortable and safe and do I have to do that for them or can I really let go and can I really trust that this trip is for me and this trip is about what I need and about what I want and, you know, can I step into that like self-worthiness of being able to receive that because that's something that I've identified that I've really struggled with is that, I'm able to give love so freely and I love my people so much and giving love and holding space for people and listening to people feels very natural for me because that's something that I had to do as a child and that's just part of who I am of loving people and and wanting them to feel comfortable and safe and really bringing the energy of the group together. But then I had to, you know, get really honest of, yeah, but but maybe I'm holding back and being able to fully receive love. And on this trip, I really want to be able to receive love because I know the people in my life are showing up for me because they do love me and because they do want to celebrate me. And it's not because they're feeling forced to or feeling like they have to for whatever reason, which was kind of the stories that were going on in my mind. So I was going through all of that. And we ended up, I, you know, we ended up planning the itinerary of the trip and it felt really good. And so I kind of want to talk about just the itinerary of the trip because it was so epic and it was just honestly my dream trip. And I will say that, yeah, with travel, there's so many unknowns of how things will go, but the trip was really seamless. Like everything that we planned, everything was on time, everything just flowed perfectly. And all the girls were remarking on you know, what a good flow it was because it was a great mix of relaxation, but also adventure and exploration and incorporating the cultural elements of the fact that we were in Mexico. And yeah, some of the girls were remarking on like, you know, if you think of going to Mexico, she's like, yeah, usually when I go to Mexico, like I just get shit faced. <laughs> and I'm like, that's, that's not the vibe of The Bachelorette. The Bachelorette is a very ceremonial space. More, I wanted it to feel like a retreat, like a mini retreat where we could just come, relax, and be in the presence of one another. So, so we arrived on a Thursday morning in Tulum. Well, in Cancun. And Tulum is a two-hour drive from Cancun. So we had to organize like airport transportation for the girls. So there were seven of us that came from the airport and we had organized, you know, people coming at fl on flights at different times. Some of the girls came from San Diego because a bunch of them lived there. You know, my one friend came from New York, one came from Scotland, I came from Michigan. So we kind of came from all over. 
And some of us stayed the night before in Cancun so that the next morning we could all take the trip from Cancun to Tulum. And on the way to Tulum, we stopped at a grocery store and we just got different groceries for the house, like things for breakfast and seltzer waters, snacks and things. So we did a little grocery run and then we got to Tulum. We got to the Airbnb and it was even more magical than it looked in the pictures because, you know, you never know on Airbnb, like sometimes the pictures look amazing and then you get there and you're like, oh, this is not what I imagined. But the Airbnb was way bigger than we imagined and it was located right in the center of Tulum town, like in the centro of Tulum. So it was really easy, like walking distance to different places, to the main strip of coffee shops and restaurants and all those things. We got to the Airbnb and there was a pool there, like they had this beautiful little pool surrounded by jungle plants. And as soon as we got there, myself and a couple of the of the other girls just completely got naked and were lounging in the pool, which is my favorite thing to do. And some of the other girls had brought different decorations, which were so sweet to decorate the bachelorette suite. And they had all these different balloons that said bride and I love mermaids, so it was kind of mermaid theme. They had some balloons that said Last Splash, and they spent like all afternoon decorating while I was kind of just lounging and decompressing from the travel and really just preparing my nervous system to be in a space of a group of people where the focus was on me. So that first day, we all just kind of relaxed, got things together, and something that we were also remarking on was just how beautiful it is to be in a group of women and how good it feels to be with a group of women because women are just fucking magical and women get shit done. Like we went on this grocery store trip with not, you know, we had like a loose idea of what we would get, but everyone just kind of self-delegated and was like, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this. You know, we all get to the house. Everything was put away immediately because different girls were chipping in and you know, taking care of things. And so we're just like, wow, women take care of things. Women know what to do. Like women are just fucking magical. So it just felt so, 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 so good to be with a group of women. So that first night, like I said, we were just relaxing, resting at the house. And then we had a welcome ceremony, which was my idea because I really think it is important how you set a container you know when you're gathering with a group of people how you set the container how you open it and I wanted everyone to have a chance to state their intentions for the weekend of what they wanted to experience so yeah so that was kind of my intention for that and I had little gifts for each girl we had I got these like Turkish towels off of Etsy that they could use for the pool and for the beach and for the cenotes So everyone had like a different colored Turkish towel on their seat when they arrived at the welcome ceremony. And in this Airbnb, there was this beautiful living room area with like my dream furniture that was a really good space for like holding circles and holding ceremonies, which is also partly why I wanted to choose this Airbnb because I knew that I definitely wanted a lot of circle time with my with my women. So, yeah, the gifts that I had set out for them was these little Turkish towels that were really nice. And then I made little packets of, I oh, I did a custom tea blend for everyone because if you've been following, you know that herbalism has become a big passion of mine and I've started to create custom tea blends and I've been selling teas at the market, the local market here in Michigan. 
Herbal Creativity is the name of my my new company, my new brand. I'm really just having fun with it right now, but I wanted to make a beautiful herbal tea blend for my girls so that when they came home from the trip, they would have something that would remind them of the trip. So I made them a custom tea blend called Tulum Love Tea with some rose, hibiscus, lemongrass, and peppermint. So just a really nice tea blend. So they had a packet of that that I made for them. And then I also put some element in there, which is a magnesium salt drink. It's like this salt powder, and it's just really good for traveling. It's good for hangovers if you have those, and just good for hydration. I drink one like every day. So I wanted to share element with them. So I gave them a couple elements. Then I also handmade friendship bracelets. I got really, you know those like embroidery bracelets that you used to make as a kid? Maybe you didn't, but I definitely made those as a kid. So I recently got more and I just was inspired to make friendship bracelets for everyone just as like an intentional little gift to also remember our time by. And then I also hand wrote cards for everyone, just welcoming them and saying how much I appreciated them coming on the trip and what their friendship has meant to me throughout the years and different memories that I loved with them. So that felt really special and intentional. And then we also had one of the girls had gotten like heart sunglasses for everyone, which you is a classic bachelorette thing. I feel like you always see those heart sunglasses and I love heart sunglasses. So everyone got a heart sunglass and it was just really sweet and really special and intentional. So we welcomed everyone to the welcome ceremony and everyone stated their intentions. My friend Megan led a meditation. I led a heart opening meditation because I wanted everyone to really connect to their hearts and just be in the presence of each other and our hearts. So we did that. And then we also sang, oh my God, this is like such a funny thing. But we, I have been really inspired by that area of Mexico because that's where the Mayans lived. And a lot of Mayans still live there. And in the Mayan culture, there's a goddess named Ishel. I-X-C-H-E-L. And Ishel is the goddess of women. It's She's the goddess of womenly arts, of fertility, of healing, of creativity. And I had gone to Isla Mujeres, which is an island off the coast of Cancun. And Isla Mujeres was known for having a temple dedicated to Ishel. And women would make pilgrimage there to celebrate and communicate and connect with Ishel. So I have always felt a deep connection with Ishel. Um ever since I started coming to Mexico and learning more about the Mayan culture. And so when I was in Isla Mujeres in 2021, I visited the island, visited the temple, and I came up with a little song that I'm going to sing for you at the end of this because this song became kind of our anthem of The Bachelorette because I I wanted to incorporate, you know, just mindful travel and acknowledging where we are, acknowledging the people of the land that we're in and knowing that we're just visitors and trying to just be as intentional as possible. So I was, I kind of gave a little spiel about Goddess Shell and I sang the song that I will sing for you at the end of this podcast. You'll have to wait for it. But I sang this song and then throughout the weekend, we sang this song everywhere. We sang it at our all of our ceremonies. We sang it inside the cenotes, which was so cool. And it just felt like it really connected everyone. And we definitely felt this like divine feminine goddess energy throughout the weekend, which I think Ishelle was a big part of. So thank you, Ishelle. Stay tuned for the song that I will reveal at the end of this podcast episode. 
But yeah, so we sang the song and then everyone, we had this like two hour ceremony where then everyone was sharing their favorite memories with me. And that was really special because, because these people didn't really know each other beforehand. It was really cool to kind of connect and just share different parts of our lives with each other and everyone else got to be brought into the different memories that we had each other. So that was honestly one of my favorite nights because it was just really sweet. Everyone was so happy and just wanted to celebrate me and wanted to give me love and it was just really, really sweet and special. So we had this welcome ceremony and then we walked to town and went to a little local taco spot that's popular in Tulum for for just local tacos. And we, we get, everything there is like a dollar, so it's super cheap. And so we all walked and got tacos and then we came back to the Airbnb and slept for the night. Everyone was tired because we had a big day of travel the day before. And then the next day was Friday and that was like kind of the official kickoff because two other girls weren't there the first night and then they came in the morning. And so we had kind of a slow morning at home and my friend Cambria made breakfast for everyone, which was really sweet. And then around noon, we took, like we had a private driver for the day and they took us to a beach club. We went to Mia Beach Club in Tulum and that was something that I was a little nervous about because... Again, there can be this idea of partying in Tulum and I know that there's like a couple beach clubs there that are really popular for bachelorettes and things like that. And just like, you know, people's perception of a bachelorette is like, yeah, you go and get drunk and you have fun. I've mentioned this before, but again, that was not my vibe. I wanted it to be slow. I wanted it to be chill. I wanted it to be casual. I wanted it to just, you know, be fun, but... I definitely didn't want to participate in the party scene. So we chose a beach club that was more relaxed, more chill. And we stayed at the beach club for a couple hours, which was really nice. And just got to be in the water, which is so warm, so beautiful. There was a lot of seaweed there. Tulum has a bit of a seaweed issue. It's called like Sargasso or something. And there is a lot of seaweed there. But, and and usually we came, we came like in the season that it's not typically the season for seaweed. So... That's just a reality that they face. So there was seaweed, but we had a really good time at the beach club. And then we came home and got to like relax and change for dinner. And then we went out to dinner at this beach, this hotel called the Nomad. So in Tulum, there's this big like hotel strip where there's this main road where the beaches are and there's a bunch of hotels and at the end of the strip there's this beautiful hotel called the nomad and they have this moroccan restaurant inside called macondo so we went to macondo for dinner and it's just like such a peaceful relaxing atmosphere there's copal incense burning everywhere which just smells amazing and it was really just quiet in the restaurant and we got to like sit around the table like kind of on the floor on cushions and drink cacao and mint tea and listen to some live music. So that was honestly another one of my favorite nights because it was just so sacred. It just felt super sacred and super special. And everyone, all the girls were really connecting and that just felt really good. And then afterwards, we were going to go get drinks at a popular place in Tulum called Gatanos. But when we got there, there was a big line. So we were like, we don't want to wait in this line. So we ended up just going to a place next door that looked really empty when we came in. It was called Spicy Hookah Bar. (laughs) And I didn't even drink that night. Like we just went dancing for an hour and a half and 
we're just dancing with each other. We, I got up on the tables and danced. So we just had fun. And I liked that we were just kind of in the group, the energy of our group. Like I didn't want to go, a, you know, a place where there's a bunch of other people and there's a bunch of other people around. Like I really just wanted to keep the energy of our group sacred. And so we got to do that, that at this place and, you know, then it filled up and it was just so much fun. Like it really was just so much fun to dance with my girls and do it in a very mindful, conscious way. So we did that and then we came home and and relaxed. And then for the last day, we had a cenote tour scheduled. So like I said, there's these beautiful cenotes in Tulum and there's so many different ones. There's like thousands of cenotes. So there's many different ones that you can go to, but we went with a tour company in Mexico that does like local tourism. And we had this guide from Argentina. Her name was Macarena and she was so fun and she just was such a good energy for our whole group. So we ended up going to like three to four cenotes and one of the cenotes was like in this cave and it was pitch black and we had to like swim through the pitch darkness. We had flashlights, but it was just really fun and beautiful and I just felt like a mermaid. And we sang our Goddess Ishel song in the cenotes, which also felt really special. And it was just a lot, a lot of fun. And then after the cenote tour, we came home and then we had two ceremonies scheduled. So one of the ceremonies, I hired a local girl from Mexico named Gisela, who has a company called Serpent Rouge. And she led for us a maiden to bride ceremony. And then after the maiden to bride ceremony was the cacao ceremony. So the maiden to bride ceremony was very intense. It was all of my women, you know, honoring me, celebrating me. There was a lot of ritualistic elements to the ceremony. A lot of different like offerings that she had, like rice and cacao and dates and different things that represented different blessings for me as I make this transition. And she led a meditation where we all thought about the first time that we got our period. We thought about the first time we lost our virginity. We did a little cord cutting exercise where we thought about our past sexual partners and released them, released their energy. So it was it was quite involved and very intense. And I was really proud of the women that were there because I would say like half of them are very spiritual and very open and have been in ceremony before and have done these kinds of things. And then the other half has not. And, you know, maybe that's not their cup of tea, but they were all very open and just very willing to go there, which I was really appreciative of because, you know, it can feel uncomfortable to go into those ceremonial spaces if you have not experienced that before. But everyone was really open and it was just really special for me to actually receive these blessings from my women and everyone got to say something to me and I was crying the whole time. And then <laughs> part of the ceremony, she had me eat a pomegranate in front of everyone and name my desires in front of everyone and eat these pomegranate seeds and name my desires. So I did that. And then she also had me share my vows to myself. So what this made into bride ceremony ended up being was kind of like a marriage of self and a marriage to myself and so that was really just beautiful oh oh and something else that was really really nice was earlier that day when we were in the cenotes we found this like flower crown this handmade beautiful flower crown and the guy was telling us at the cenote that they have a lot of Mayan weddings in this cenote it's you know special and sacred for the Mayan people and they have a lot of Mayan weddings there 
And this was a crown that was left over from a Mayan wedding that they had yesterday. And I asked if I could take it. And he was like, yes, yeah, they left it yesterday so you can have it. So I had this flower crown that's this beautiful handmade flower crown that I was wearing for the ceremony. That just felt really special. And then also Gisela had made me a little like flower headband. So I just felt really celebrated and really surrounded by all my favorite things, which is ceremony, which is ritual, which is flowers and beautiful food and beautiful people and beautiful things. So it really was like a devotion to the feminine. So we had that ceremony and then we did a cacao ceremony right after where we all got to be led through a very sensual cacao practice, which was also interesting for the women because, you know, not everyone's so open to connecting to their sensuality, especially in front of others. But we had this like blindfolded cacao ceremony and we were all given roses and we were, you know, led or instructed and guided to drag different parts of the roses on our bodies and to kind of feel where some of our sensual zones are. So that was really fun and just unique and interesting. And then after the ceremonies, we had a private dinner at the Airbnb. So, you know, after we had kind of had an intense process where different things had been brought up and different emotions and different things that people were feeling and facing, we all got to kind of just process and integrate together at the Airbnb. And we had this beautiful dinner all together of tacos and delicious things. And then we just spent the rest of the evening like chatting and just having heart, soul opening conversations. And it was just so, so nice to be in that energy and to be connecting with women. And then on the final night, so while after we had kind of had the ceremonies and all of that, and we were just sitting there chatting, I basically had a panic attack. So this is something that I want to touch on because this is also, I think, a reality of, yeah, just being in this phase of my life and a lot of things feeling overwhelming at times or just, you know, my body not knowing fully how to process things because I had felt like as I was receiving this weekend I really had to open up to receive and I could tell that there was these lingering feelings in my body where my body didn't feel safe to receive and I had acknowledged that to everyone there of like it is really hard for me to receive and so I want to open up my heart to let myself receive and feel comfortable receiving and so I had mentioned that earlier in the weekend and then So after we were sitting at dinner, I started to feel a panic attack coming on and I got up, we were all like sitting around the table and I got up and I was like, I'm just going to go lay right over here because I'm feeling a panic attack coming on and everyone was like, okay, yeah, like, you know, do what you need to do. So I was laying there and I really wanted, I wanted like physical touch and I realized that physical touch is actually something you know, really important to me. It's one of my love languages. I thrive off of physical touch. I I feel very connected. And so I was feeling really like unsafe in my body in having this panic attack. And I asked for some of the women to just put their hands on me. And three of my friends came over and gave me like a six-handed massage. And I was just laying there and I felt like such a queen and just truly felt like it was helping me so much move through this panic attack and feeling like I didn't have to go through this panic attack alone, that I was supported and that I was really safe and that this was just kind of my body like playing out old stories. So 
yeah, this is panic attacks are something that I've dealt with during times of great transition in my life. There was a period in college when I was a senior in college and I started to have panic attacks and it was my first time ever experiencing anxiety in the body. And for me, anxiety manifests really physically. It's not very mental for me. It's very physical. So I'll suddenly just like feel really hot or feel very disassociated or feel like I'm about to pass out or feel like I'm going to throw up or feel like I need to go to the bathroom or just really intense anxiety symptoms. And there was a period in college, like I said, where I was having panic attacks. It was my senior year, so it was during a time of great transition. I was in a relationship that was not good for me, and my body was just speaking loud and clear to me. So there was a period of like six months where I was having panic attacks, and then they kind of went away, and I was doing all of these things to combat them. I was eating really nourishing foods and just trying to take care of myself best I can because if you've had a panic attack – then you know it's such a scary experience when you have one because a lot of the times you're not really sure what's happening. And I know when I first started having them, it felt like my organs were shutting down. Like it felt like I was having a medical emergency and I couldn't really recognize like, no, this is just anxiety and and nothing's wrong with me. I don't need to go to the hospital or anything. It's just a panic attack. So I haven't experienced, you know, there was this period where I was having them for about six months and then I haven't experienced them since. But in December, I started to experience them again. And I think, again, it is just because everything has been feeling so overwhelming. And I'm just in a very transitional time of looking at my relationships and getting married and just moving through a lot. So I started to have them a couple times in December. I had like a couple in January. And so I was nervous about the weekend of like, oh no, what what happens if I have a panic attack? Like, will I be okay? But I had to keep reassuring myself that I was around people who loved me. I was around people that supported me. And I, it felt like I had to teach my body that it was safe to let go. And my body was still like, wait, new experience. I'm receiving love. This doesn't feel normal. This doesn't feel safe. Ah, but I was able to sink deeper in my body and know that it is safe. So I was nervous about like anxiety creeping up throughout the weekend or panic attacks creeping up through the weekend. And so then that final night when I did end up having a panic attack, it was actually a great learning experience for me because I was able to just ask for what I needed. And what I needed was physical touch. And I needed my, to feel like I had people truly holding me and that I wasn't going to be alone or I didn't have to go through this alone. So the panic attack passed. I got a beautiful massage from some of my beautiful girlfriends. And we just had such a beautiful night after that, just still heart connecting. And we truly felt like we kept joking around, like it felt like we were in like a harem of women because we were all just like in our feminine, sensual nature and just being around each other and talking and being vulnerable and connecting. And it just felt really good. So then the next morning, it was time to check out. We were all heading to the airport later in the day. So we still had kind of a day. So we got picked up by a driver and then were were shopping a little bit around town and then went to another beach club for a couple hours just to hang and chill at the beach before we all had to head to the airport. So we did that and I started to feel kind of more anxiety come up just because 
the weekend was over and I felt like there was that transition again of there was so much that went on during the weekend. There was so much emotionally, spiritually, physically that I had to plan and prep for. And then it was the experience of the weekend where I really wanted to just be fully present and enjoy and soak up every moment. And I really was so present during the weekend. And then there was just a lot for my body to process, you know, not only the symbolic and spiritual rituals that we did or, you know, the the transformation of going from maiden to bride, like it felt just very transformational. And I know that when you gather with a group of women or with a group of people, a lot of transformation and change can take place. And so it can feel really intense or overwhelming to the physical body to the spiritual body, to the emotional body. And so I knew that there was going to be an integration period after the experience. And so we had a closing ceremony that morning just to close out the weekend where everyone said what they were grateful for. And they we all stated our intentions from the beginning of the weekend and how that so beautifully came to fruition for every single person there. And then we also set you know, intentions of what we wanted to continue to cultivate in our lives. And I do think there's so much power in naming what we desire or naming what we want to cultivate with a group of people. So we all did that, which also felt really good. And yeah, then I knew that there was a period of integration that I had to have. So I flew from Cancun to San Diego because I had originally booked my flights out of San Diego so I could go with the group of girls. But then before the trip because I was having I had had a panic attack in New York a couple weeks before the trip so I wanted to just make sure that I was in a really healthy place and a really grounded balanced stable place so I took a few more days at home just grounding myself which felt really good nourishing myself with bone broth and just trying to regulate my nervous system so that I it wasn't kind of in this overdrive hyper state And so then I flew back to San Diego and spent a couple days with my friend Shannon, which was really sweet. And then I got back to Michigan and then I got really sick, which I think also when you're traveling, you can always pick up different things. And I definitely feel like my body was kind of going through a purging process and through an integration process where I really just had to rest and integrate all that had been given to me and all the love that I had received and really like soak that love in in every cell of my being because it can be so hard to receive the love that we deserve. And that has been just a huge lesson for me in this process of really like stepping into my self-worth and stepping into my inherent worthiness to really see myself in the ways that my friends see me and the way that's the ways that my partner sees me and truly just you know it is it is about self-love it is about honoring ourselves honoring each phase of our lives honoring the people in our lives and it's really about love that's really what it is about so I just kind of wanted to go through the whole itinerary with you just to really take you in along on the trip and yeah, to, to talk about some of those things that people don't talk about of, you know, what happens when you experience anxiety because it is such a big transformation and how can you allow yourself to be supported through that? And something that was just really important for me was just to acknowledge it to everyone there because I think in the past when I've had a panic attack, something that made it so much worse was like 
pretending that I was okay or trying to be okay or being in a group of people and feeling like suddenly like I'm not okay, but I don't want anyone to know that I'm not okay because I don't want anyone to have to worry about me or, you know, what's going to happen to me. So just to let people in on what was going on felt really nourishing and safe. And because it was my bachelorette, I, I was like, this is my trip. This is my time and it's okay. So that, that was a huge learning experience for me. And then just the other piece that I really want to drive home is this idea of incorporating ceremony and ritual and sacred space into these big life events and to know that you can do it your way and you don't have to do it how it's been done in the past. So if you're going on a bachelorette trip or if you are getting married or, you know, going on your friend's bachelorette trip, just to really encourage you to infuse intention and ritual into that experience because it brings people to such a deeper level of intimacy. It brings people into such a level, such a deeper level of truth of really acknowledging why you're here and what you're doing. And, you know, I felt like It was such a healing weekend for me because I was able to really be seen and really be open myself to receive love and really open myself up to just see myself in the way that others see me. And I felt like it was not only super healing for me as the bride, but it was also healing for every single woman there because they were all, they were not only witnessing me and my process, but they were also reflecting on their own lives and reflecting where love shows up in their lives and reflecting on the relationships in their lives and how are they seen in their relationships. So it really felt so healing. And I think that it is, you know, it's such a waste of an opportunity when you're going to gather these groups of women together. If you're just going to spend the whole weekend drunk or going out to party or, you know, making it about that when it's really about such a deeper it's, it's about so much deeper than that. And I just encourage everyone listening that if you're planning any type of trip of this, like think about intentionally how you can infuse ritual, how you can infuse intention, how you can really make this a beautiful gathering, how you can make this a transformative event so that you can support the women in your life as they move through these important transitions. And going from maiden to bride is just one of those transitions. Maiden to mother is a huge other transition that we've talked a little bit about on this podcast. When I talked about hosting a blessing way for the pregnant women in your life to really mark that transition, to know that she has women around her supporting her, because I think that makes all the difference in this world of having the village, having the community, having the people support you through these transitions. And just to know that you have the love and the support from your people is just, it's just everything. So I really encourage that. If you have any questions about how to create or curate a more mindful bachelorette trip, a more mindful wedding, a more mindful blessing way, and how to not make these experiences be about the status quo or be about drinking or be about any of those things, but really make it intentional and meaningful for the people that are there. You can always reach out to me if you ever have any questions about that, because I love helping people create more intentional spaces for them in their lives. And so I'm going to close this special episode of talking about the bachelorette, just the ups and the downs of the process of planning it and the fears that came up for me and the self-worth worth that came up for me and the questions about whether or not I'm worthy of being loved. And it just was so spoken to me tenfold that like, I am so safe. I am so supported and I'm so worthy of being loved, which I really feel like this is what this journey is about. 
So I'm going to close this episode with the promise that I gave to you in the middle that I would sing our Goddess Ishelle song. And this was just such a beautiful way to sing in circle with each other, use our voices, connect to the divine feminine, connect to the goddess within, connect the Mayan goddess Ishelle, who has been worshipped and venerated for centuries. And this is my little offering to her. And so... I hope you'll feel the medicine in these words. <sighs> Goddess Shelly, Shelly, Shell. Goddess Shelly, Shelly, Shell. Goddess Shelly, Shelly, Shell. I love you, Goddess. Goddess Shelly, Shelly, Shell. Goddess Shelly, Shelly, Shell. Goddess Shelly, Shelly, Shell. I love you, Goddess. Goddess Shelly, Shelly, Shell. Goddess Shelly, Shelly, Shell. Goddessy Shelly, Shelly, Shell, I love you, Goddess. Mm, so that is the song that I'll close out on. That is the song that we sang together every time we gathered in circle, no matter how uncomfortable it made people. I made them all sing together, which was really just special and really sweet and it's also the song that we sang together in the cenotes and we just felt our energies there in Mexico and singing that song now is always going to bring back bring me back to this just really special time that I had in my life of getting to gather with the women that are important to me and getting to sit in circle and getting to sing in circle and getting to swim together and getting to play and getting to be vulnerable and be intimate and open up our hearts. And so I hope that this episode brought you just a taste of that magic, taste of the magic that we experienced together as a group, but also just infused magic in your life as you think about these different situations where you might bring people together and how you can infuse your own magic into these spaces. If you feel called to send this to a friend who might be planning a bachelorette or, you know, is in that process or phase of their life, please send this to them and just allow them to feel the magic that I experienced. So please send this to them. Please reach out to me if you have any questions. Please, please, please leave a rating and review if this episode spoke to you in any way because the ratings and reviews really, really help not only me just feel seen in my work, but also really helps other people see this work. And so if you found any value in this, please, that would be so amazing. And when you do leave a rating and review, I will send you a free guided writing meditation as a gift, as an offering to you for just being in my world and being in my community. So thank you. I will see you next week. Mm -hmm.